The following is a production of Art Trap Productions, brought to you by the Gallifreyan Embassy and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This episode brought to you by Pachak Supporting Subscribers. Go to arttrap.com slash Pachak Supporter to become a supporting subscriber. Support the show and get extra content and other bonuses. This episode brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash Pachak. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This episode also supported by the Pachak Podcast Companion app for the iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch, now in the iTunes App Store. Live from a crack in the sky, it's Doctor Who, Pachak. The Gallifreyan Embassy presents Doctor Who Pachak, episode 290. Well, yes, the Gallifreyan Embassy, as I said, presents Doctor Who Pachak, episode 290. This is Lewis Trapani, and welcome to our first live show since uh, Superstorm Super Sandy came to town, which was um, October 29th, 2012. And we haven't had a live show, doing a live review show since um, before that, because we had the 2012 series of Doctor Who, which ran in the, in the springtime of 2012. So I'm assuming that probably... Um, Concluded around May, so probably May of 2012 was our last live show. Uh, we, I did a little test recording the other day. That doesn't count, but um, but anyway, we're back. We're doing a live show. Uh, first, like I said, our first um, review live show since we um, since we've came back after Sandy. We've been back since October of this year. It's been it was a, a year that we were knocked out. We're still recovering from Sandy. If you've been listening to the show, you know that everything had to be. Um, Reconstructed from the ceiling to well, from the floor to the ceiling. If you want to work your way up, in fact, there's um, some still some recovering going on now. But we're you know we um, at least the show is up and going, and um, I'm just giving a, a little warning because there's some electrical anomalies still going on here, and we got I had an electrician come in, and of course the, that one particular problem that I wanted to get resolved wasn't happening when the electrician was here. <laughs> but it's been it happened again uh this morning so um anyway if my ups my backups um power system kicks on um and if it, it might be just because uh, my refrigerator might have compressor might have kicked on as well so there's some surges going on in the house but hopefully it will be all good Nothing too drastic. So before we get into oh, uh, I should warn everyone that uh, we are reviewing the Christmas special, the 2013 Christmas special of Doctor Who. So uh, as always, um, that's uh, the episode title is The Time of the Doctor. And I'm assuming if you're listening to this live, you've seen it already. If you're listening to the recording of this, well, if you haven't seen it, uh, be warned. Um, you might want to save this episode until you have. So uh, fair warning. Spoilers. Spoilers. Again. Spoilers. 
Spoilers. Spoilers. Spoilers. Spoilers. All right, well, you get the idea. Spoilers abound, so um, this is your time to duck out if you haven't seen Time of the Doctor. Good stuff. Anyway, before we get into our review of Time of the Doctor, we have some news. Um, In fact, this news relates to the Time of the Doctor. It's uh, BBC America's ratings had uh, broken new records with Time of the Doctor. The ratings had come in at 2.47 million viewers on BBC, that's BBC America, uh, which actually beat the 50th anniversary uh, special that the you know the day of the Doctor that drew in 2.4 million. So this was just a little bit more. Uh, meanwhile, in the UK, it came in at uh, you know the, obviously the UK is um, BBC proper, the the, the, the actual um, BBC channel came in at 10.2 million viewers. So, but I don't think that, um, I mean, these are just um, viewership numbers that go out, uh, you know, the ratings, uh, televised ratings. I don't think this counts uh, those that have viewed it via streaming sources or downloaded it, you know, such as uh, iTunes or Amazon. And uh, so I I don't, well, I could be wrong. It might have included those numbers, but I am assuming they don't um, because I'm assuming, you know, and and also people still to this day, you know, because it's the holidays, a lot of people, a lot of fans, even diehard fans, still haven't seen it yet and are uh, viewing it now, perhaps, you know, being that it was Christmas Day that it was released and, um, you know, it's, people are busy with family obligations and whatnot. So those numbers will probably go up, you know, as far as in the end. So good news there, you know, as far as that goes. And i um, just checking. I'm going to, uh, every now and then, I just need to check to see if Dave is coming. Uh, I should introduce, well, he's not here yet, but Dave Cooper is joining us as co-host on this episode. He's, uh, he's uh, finishing up his show right now, The Cultum Collective, and he'll be here shortly. And we may be getting um, some, um, some live listeners from that show continuing the discussion of Time and the Doctor onto our show. So, so when he comes, I'll introduce him again when he arrives, but... Um, just be prepared for that. So uh, I guess what we'll do is um, we, we'll go into our... Uh, I, I don't know if there's any other live... If there's any... <laughs> not live. If there's any other news items that happened between our last episode and this one, uh, other than the ratings. You know, the, the, oh, you know, the other thing is, well, we're gonna pro- we'll talk about this at the end of the show, is that one news item was that Doctor Who... Um, the, the execs of Doctor Who, uh, chiefly probably um, um, <laughs> Stephen Moffat, uh, had said that they're going to be taking this, the series in a new direction in, you know, with this new series coming up. So we'll talk more about that in a bit. You know, we're, we're going to do our review and then we'll see. We'll take um, we'll we'll discuss or speculate what directions the show may be going in the future. They, um, as I said, the, it was the the news was that they are going to be taking the show in a different direction, a roar, different direction, something I, I'm misquoting it. I'm sure I'm paraphrasing, uh, you know, so that's something that, well, you know what? Anytime there's a new regeneration and new doctor, it's always, the show always regenerates. That's how the show continues on. And it's how I, how it's lasted 50 years, not only with each new doctor, but especially with each new doctor, but with each new producer, there are different errors of the show. The, the John Pertwee error is very different than the William Hartnell error. The, you can, you know, make various comparisons here and there, you know, of different errors of Doctor Who. So 
I'm all for it. I'm, you know, I, I, of course, I have some stuff in my head and my uh, my wish list of changes I would like to see. But you know, that's uh, all subjective. You know, what I like may not be what um, the next person likes. So, you know, who's to say who's right and who's wrong? What we know is who is who. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, without any further ado, again, spoiler warning still in effect. Let's get into our review of. The 2013 Doctor Who Christmas special, The Time of the Doctor. So uh, we'll, we'll get into that right now. Processing official designation. Processing. Okay, in your own time, dear, don't rush. No, why haven't you just gone down there, had a look? It's shielded, that even the TARDIS can't break through it. Gallifrey. What did you say? Gallifrey. What are you talking about, Gallifrey? What do you mean? Confirmed. Planet designation. Gallifrey. You see that? Gallifrey is my home. I know it when I see it. That is not Gallifrey. Doctor, you okay? It's not Gallifrey. Gallifrey's gone. Unless, unless you saved it. You thought you might have. Even if it survived, it's gone from this universe. That is not my home. It can't be. What's that? Painful mainframe. It's like a great big flying church. The first ship to arrive, they're the ones who shielded the planet. They can get us down there. Friendly yours? Hashalem. Mother Superior! Oh, she's inviting us aboard. Why? Because I asked her. It's one of this. What is that? Your hologram projector. You can't go to church with your clothes on. Now, who was expecting the Titanic to uh, arrive once again? Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. So, uh, yeah, a little taste of the time of the Doctor there. And, uh, you know, I, before I go any further, I should uh, remind everyone that is listening live, because uh, there are some people there out there that are listening live right now, you can call in to our live show at 724-444-7444. And the call ID number for the show that you'll need to know is two. Three three five eight. So once again, the number, the phone number is seven two four 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 seven four four four, and the ID is two three three five eight. We'll be taking your live comments and reviews, um, what you thought about the time of the Doctor um, in this episode, and uh, and of course uh, those that are listening to this um, afterwards, don't. Call that number at the at the time you listen to this on your podcast feed because we won't be live anymore. Hopefully, we'll still be alive, but we won't be the, the live show won't be in progress anymore. In that case, of course, we welcome your feedback all the time. You can always call the Pachak Public Call Box at two zero six three five zero six four six three and always leave your feedback. It doesn't have to be about the 
the Christmas special. It could be about the 50th anniversary special, if you like. It could be about anything, as long as, it, as, long as it's Doctor Who related, in some manner of, of speaking. It works as voicemail, so you just call, leave a message. Keep it brief to, you know, maximum three minutes, and um, and hopefully, um, you know, we'll get you on the show. Just also include a name as well, so it doesn't have to be your real name. Just could be a, your first name or whatever, um, just so that we can introduce you instead of saying mystery caller. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, uh, yeah, it would be like the doctor. We can't say your name. Otherwise, the Time Lords will could be back. All right. Well, let's uh, get into Time of the Doctor, which is, the as, as again, as you already know, it's the Christmas special of 2013, this year's Christmas special. And it's um, it was written by Stephen Moffat, and it's uh, directed by Jamie Payne. Uh, so... Uh, this sort of continues on, on sort of uh, from the name. We, we had a whole series of Doc, Doctor Who episodes, blank of the Doctor. We had the the, um, the name of the Doctor, the day of the Doctor, the night of the Doctor, uh, the time of the Doctor. So it's um, almost a, well, it's, it's, it's more than a trilogy, but it's, um, it, it's almost a, a, a mini-series onto itself. So this pretty much... Um, Wraps up or concludes that. It also concludes the Matt Smith as the Doctor, as as we already know. Um, his, and it, it kind of wraps up his era as the Doctor. This was originally somewhat... Pre- I mean, it, not that it was really promoted as such, but it gave an impression when this was uh, originally, you know, the, the first promos that went out and um, that it was going to be like a Cyberman story. But in the end, it, it really turns out. I mean, of course, the Cybermen were involved, and I, you know, they do play a part in this. But it's it wasn't so much a Cyberman story as it was, you know, all the, of the many Doctors, Nemesis, um, especially from the Eleventh Doctor, um, joining in again. And in fact, I think the Daleks played a bigger part in it. In reality, I mean, um, I mean that's. I mean, obviously, you've seen it already, so you you know, in a sense, that's what's what caused his regeneration in the end, uh, the, 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 the Dalek um, ship coming down and, and whatnot. And now, this story, this episode, from fan reaction, from what I could gather, has been a sort of a mixed, um, mixed reaction. It seems either people love it or hate it. I can't say that I, I'm in either one of those groups. Uh, I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I just... I, it was disappointing, though. I just, but I think that's because I had different expectations. Uh, one of which was, um, you know, this was all built up to be like a, a big war going on, and so I was expecting a little bit more, I guess, action. Or I, I just expected Matt Smith to sort of go down, if you will, go down fighting, you know, and which he did in a sense. But it was. It, it, it sh- maybe the title should have been the doctor that waited because it seems to be that seems to be the theme uh it's it, we had the girl that waited we, we, obviously uh we go back to the original uh the 11th hour amelia waited uh we, we have um rory waited and and now this we have the doctor waited you know um on trenzalore you know expecting um you know, keeping a um, vigil there, um, if you will, or um, making sure that his um, the, these uh, half. Well, 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 I'm trying to remember the exact phrase that he uses. You know, half the half of the galaxy or half the universe that are waiting outside on in orbit of Trenzalore don't come down and and have a have a go at him. 
Yeah, so I, I guess that that was a, a bit of a disappointment me, with me. It was that I just was had different expectations. So again, it wasn't it wasn't a deal breaker. It was it just I don't know. I just I really had to, thought it was going to be a, a bit different, and I had would I think I would have liked to see uh, Matt Smith go down more in a. Um, I don't know, because he just seemed to die of old age, in a sense, you know. I don't want to use die, but, you know, cause the regeneration, whatever. Um, it, it wasn't that, you know, I don't know. It, it's, it is what it is. So, um, but that's that's my, I guess, my biggest beef of this entire story. But uh, but there's a lot in it, and I don't mean to uh, wrap it up there. <laughs> no, by, by no sake at all. So, uh, anyway, so we do find... Um, you know, it is a Christmas story, so of course Christmas is involved, and we do have all the Christmas elements, and we find ourselves in a town called Christmas on of of all places on Trenzalore. So I'm I'm going to have to assume it was founded by Earthers. Uh, Earth people must have gotten there and settled there and named the town Christmas for some reason. Uh, I don't have a problem with the name. There's even a town called Santa Claus somewhere, uh, <laughs> but it's. Obviously, there's all the trimmings of Christmas in the town, the lights and multicolor lights and all that and decorated trees and all that. And uh, so I'm assuming that they had to have been Earth people that had settled that colony there, even though it's not really spelled out. As we saw in that, we didn't see, but as we heard in that clip there, there's this um, uh, priestess, uh, Tasha Lem, I'm trying to remember, um, I should... Go to my notes here. Uh, da, 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 da. Um, uh, Tasha Lem, who, who's uh, obviously had some sort of relationship with the doc. Well, the doctor and her had a, a previous, they known each other at least, which to some extent, we don't know exactly how far and to what extent that goes to, but um, interesting nonetheless. Uh, some mentions of... Um, Going back to uh, older episodes, some some stuff for longtime fans such as myself, uh, the pterodactyls were mentioned, uh, uh, the death zone, uh, going back to uh, the five doctors where the master held this, the seal of Rassilon as sort of his credentials to... Um, um, you know, to prove to the doc, to the to, to the other Doctor regenerations that he is who he says he is, and he was sent by the Time Lords, and uh, and I guess that was sort of a reminder for longtime fans that that regeneration cycles can be gifted again by the Time Lords because they the Time Lords had offered the Master uh, at that time a new set of um, regenerations for doing you know their bidding so. And in a sense, that's um, what happens here in the end in this episode. All right, I'm just checking to see if uh, if Dave has come aboard yet. No, yep, not yet. All right, so we're going to continue on. Just getting some of the technicalities out of the way. I, I thought the makeup was great. Um, effects were on spot. Music was there. The only thing I would say is the pacing wasn't there. I, I just it, it didn't really. For me, again, I thought Jay the Doctor had better pacing. Um, I, I think we go back to um, um, various other episodes of this past series had had better pacing that kept you more on the seat of your chair than than I felt here. I just, um, it seemed to settle down a little bit with the narration and 
but I guess there's a lot to say in this story and only an hour to say it. Also, speaking of nods to the past, I guess the seeing the Cybermen in the, I guess, uh, tombs, if you will, <laughs> was a nod to tombs, uh, Tomb of the Cybermen. It, it's sort of, you know, one could say they look almost like, you know, uh, th- those Borg chambers. But remember, the Cybermen predate the Borg. So if anything, uh, the, the Borg was uh, a nod to the Cybermen in that respect. So. Oh, oh, and also speaking of um, Star Trek, the the signal, the message that was sent from the time, uh, you know, that was that was then translated to Doctor Who. But it was that that original audio reminded me. Not that it sounded like it, but it just reminded me of the humpback whales. Uh, I guess it was Star Trek Four, the, the the voyage home where they they intercepted the signal from this um, probe and it's it, you know they had to decipher it. So not that they sounded like, but it just reminded me a bit of it. I thought it was quite good actually. I'm still waiting for for Dave to join us, and I'm going to check here once again. I'm juggling a bunch of windows on my screen here. Let's uh let's play another clip, and then we'll continue with the review, and then we'll get your feedback, and hopefully um Dave will be here soon. Information available. The message is a request for information. It's a question. Why can't you just say it's a question? It is being projected through all of time and space on a repeating cycle. The oldest question in the universe, hidden in plain sight. Warning. Translation will be available to all life forms in range. Translation follows. Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Doctor Who! 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 Patch me through to the doctor. Now! A question only I could answer. Truthfield to make sure I'm not mine. If I give my name, they'll know they've found the right place. And that it's safe to come through. The Time Lord. Okay, so what then? If you answer the question and they come back, what happens? Uh, You need to take this to the TARDIS and put it in the charger slot for the Sonic. Why? Hell. All hell. That's what happens if the Time Lords come back. There's half the universe up there already waiting to open fire. Now, please, go to the TARDIS and just do as I say. All right. Well, speaking of which, that's the... <laughs> that clip had the, the clip of that sound effect of the, of the message there. So um, that was quite timely. I'm a big fan of Matt Smith as the Doctor. Uh, I, I thought he did a marvelous job in the role. Um, I, I thought he... I, it's it's incredible that his you know tenure has come to an end. It just seemed to go by so quickly. I, I think there was a lot more that might have been explored further. You know, if um, you know, and they, every doctor says this, every actor, I should say, say, says this at the end of their term that you know, um, and Matt Smith is no different. He said this as well that maybe if he had one more year, because they kind of hit a stride. He had a new companion, and I, um, I, I think Jenna Coleman did a great job. Is doing a great job. Um, you know, playing um, Clara, and I, you know, maybe they had more to more to explore. But that said, you know, I'm looking forward to um, you know where things go in, in the future. 
let's see, I, I do have more to say as far as the, the regenerations go, but I'm, I think I'm getting ahead of myself as far as um, the, the clips go. So um, let's see if, I'm, if Dave is back yet. Uh, Dave should be here shortly. So I, I want to save some, um, some time for him to, to say his piece. I'll just continue my, my, my spiel and then um, we'll, we'll um, you know, when Dave comes, he'll come. All right. So, and, and the clips may be out of order as such because, um, you know, like I said, I was, I was waiting. I was hoping that Dave would join us at this time right now. So we have, um, obviously, uh, the, the, we see the crack again, and this is um, a, a crack into the, uh, the, these cracks or scars in the universe go to different places. So this one, um, this crack is a, a window, if you will, to the pocket universe where Gallifrey is. So um, obviously I'm telling you all this, and if you've seen the story, you, you know this already. So, uh, But it's because of this that we, um, we see that the Doctor gets another set of um, regenerations. So now we finally can put to rest... <laughs> <laughs> this this worry that fans had how you know how how is the show going to uh, survive past uh, you know the thirteenth regeneration if you will uh, now we don't have to worry about this um, until what Doctor what twenty four or something um, I, I'm assuming s- since um we had uh since th- since the eleventh uh, Doctor's was really the thirteenth regeneration or whatever so anyway we have some time to worry about this before fans get in a, in a get there. Nick is in a twist again about that. So uh, some relief that we all knew that they're going to, obviously this was the, the limitation was written into a story. It could be written around it as well. They weren't going to end the show just because they ran out of regenerations. Dave is joining us right now. So what I'm going to do is uh, welcome Dave onto the show. Hello, Dave. It's good to have you back on the show. I know you were finishing up your show. Uh, the Colton Collector just round just, finished up right now just concluded so um i know that's the reason why you're joining us a little late and uh, um for those listeners that are coming from the cult and collective onto uh datu pachak i welcome you as well hi Lewis. yeah sorry we've um oh i'm getting an echo from somewhere oh are you is that gone now i'm not hearing it oh right well uh, I'll, I'll um I'll perhaps drop out and come back in, but um, yeah, sorry, I, uh, I see you've been going nearly half an hour, so I'll just listen in to find out where you're up to and uh, well, and, and see. I'm gonna I'm gonna play a little clip, and then um, I'm gonna get your take on um, you know you you can chime in on your take on the the Christmas special, the time of the Doctor. So I'm gonna uh, play the next clip in line here. I was holding off playing them all because um, I, I knew you were joining us. What do you think of my new place? Come up here once a day for a few minutes. Remind myself of what it is I'm protecting. It's beautiful. Why did you send me away? Because if I hadn't, I'd have buried you a long time ago. No, you wouldn't. I would never have let you get stuck here. Ha. Everyone gets stuck somewhere eventually. Clara. Everything ends. Except you. If you've been paying attention. I'm an old man now. But you don't die. You change. You pop right back up with a new face. No, not forever. 
I can change 12 times 13 versions of me. 13 silly doctors. Okay, so you're number 11, so... <laughs> Are we forgetting Captain Grumpy? Huh? I didn't call myself the Doctor during the Time War, but it was still a regeneration. Okay, so you're number 12. Well, number 10 once regenerated and kept the same face. I had vanity issues at the time. 12 regenerations, Clara. I can't ever do it again. This is where I end up. This face. This version of me. We saw this planet in the future, remember? All those graves. All of them mine. Change the future. I can't. You've got your TARDIS back. Ha! I think I'm just going to fly away, abandon everyone. Of course not. But you've been protecting this town for over 300 years. Do you not think it's anybody else who's going? There is no one else to protect it. <laughs> All right. Well, Dave, what did you think of this um, Christmas special, Time of the Doctor? My original thought of it, I was, I was going to turn it off. I thought I didn't like all the silly uh, naked business, although it got somewhat explained later. I didn't think, overall, I didn't think it was an entertaining story at all. And uh, uh, my, my son was over here watching it with me, and, uh, you know, he, he was the one, you know, ex telling me to, well, just watch a bit more, watch a bit more, have a bit more faith. But I, I really found it very difficult to watch. Although I did admire the fact that uh, Stephen Moffat was trying to address all the things that had happened and all the different things that, um, you know, we've been hanging on. Didn't realise he was going to try and explain uh, all the way back to, you know, the impossible, uh, the 11th hour, really, all the way back to the cracking Amy's wall. Yeah. And I do feel as though that put too much of a strain on the story. Now, having said all that, and I was prepared to have a rant earlier today, uh, I've held back a little bit because just simply uh, re-watching it again to, to garner some clips from, uh, from the video, you do realise there's an awful lot there. Now, it may well be it's to do with the actual um, the, the, the music, the sound, the dialogue or whatever. I've got two main complaints. One is that I didn't, th I didn't think it was enjoyable to watch on the day. And, mm -hmm. and I would be concerned about people who weren't Doctor Who fans. They would not perhaps get the relevance re mm -hmm. re of all those things that were addressed. And they may worry, thinking, well, what's that got to do with the story? What's that got to do with the price of chips? Um, uh, and, of course, we had the Doctor basically playing Geppetto for 300 years <laughs> in this little uh, village. Yeah. And uh, Clara was reduced for for the most part to a side act although uh, she did have obviously a, a strong element to play in the story later i mean for one of the reasons that uh, the fact that she clung on to the tardis was why it had taken 300 years for the tardis uh, to arrive back you know when he'd sent her home with that homing thing and then the the tardis was going to leave and she clanged on uh, a little bit like captain jack had in utopia yeah, that's what I thought too. Uh, one of the things that I, I still don't, I'm still not sure about was when later the TARDIS was went back to collect her because the Doctor shouldn't be alone when he was dying, and then we see the Doctor aged even more. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, well, he's aged at least twice as much as he was from the first aging with the stick. Has another 300 years gone by? Uh, did did they did, did they wait until the moment when the Doctor was really a very very old man indeed? before uh, they'd sent for, for Clara or 
the the women the woman had, had taken it upon herself. Although, again, one of the drawbacks, and other people have mentioned that on our call, that um, uh, the relationship between the doctor and this leader of the church would have made more sense if 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 we'd have been aware of her. Mm-hmm. She seems to know the doctor from an earlier regeneration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, although, again, I haven't picked that, that up myself, but she refers to the fact that he's changed somewhat. Yeah. So we've got to assume that this is not River Song or anybody else. It's yeah. just another person that the doctor had a relationship. Although he, he never mentioned that when he was uh, in Time of Angels and that when they were actually on, you know, we were, they were following those religious guys there. I'm not too sure about um, the silence as well. I mean, I didn't like. The fact that um, when Clara saw, when Clara saw, turned around, you know, the doctor had gone into the private chamber, mm-hmm. and she, and then she saw uh, the silence, uh, and then she looked away again. But then, when she looked the second time, she said, "Why did I forget you?" Yeah. Well, she couldn't have remembered I'm... that she'd forgot because she's had nobody explain to her. The only people that know that are the people that have had somebody to say there are these when they've explained. There are these people called the silence. You won't remember seeing them, but you will have seen them. Uh, and the way we do it is put a mark on our skin. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that, that, that stuck out like a sore thumb. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I thought that didn't work when she said that, because how would she know she forgot them if she forgot them? You know. <laughs> you know Unless she, somebody had explained that there are such creatures that you, will, you may have seen them countless times, but won't remember you've seen them. Uh, but they will be remember. They will remember being told by somebody else that they do exist. Yeah. Well, I, like I said, I, I felt that, that was a weak line there. I, I thought that was unnecessary, and it didn't really. You didn't need to have that line. That was only it was only for the audience to remind the audience of that. You know, about, about this feature of the the silence. You know, having you know, um, having that ability to make people forget, and it was really just delivered for the audience it wasn't it had no part in the story really for her no although it was explained that these these heard confessions or something yeah and, and the reason that was why they forget but it, it, it wasn't a satisfactory i wasn't even sure about the weeping angels i mean they seem to be just having a little cameo appearance uh, when they're walking through the snow and, and they get attacked by the weeping angels um it's this it's this whole idea sometimes that you have to have multiple uh, multiple foes in these which i mean we had it uh, in pandoric Romans, didn't we where they all gang together well uh, it it, it did remind me a bit of of the russell t davies era where you know his uh, finale sometimes had to throw everything in and in, in the kitchen sink as well into it and you know and i felt that's what Stephen Moffat was doing in this story was, you know, throwing all like the 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 uh, pinnacles of the twelfth of the eleventh Doctor rather, rather his era, you know, all, like um, you know all the like the the tent poles that he had that that, that he's associated with, you know, and had them come back for this um, for this episode. Yeah, I mean, there are quite a few people commenting in text chat about these things. Again, I don't know if if you've read any of these out, but. Uh, Mathouse then puts, um, yeah, gen- genetically engineered priests for confession. Uh, I was going to mention that. Um, and then uh, Guest 5 uh, talks about um, uh, Clara's been right through the Doctor's time stream, including 11. She may be aware of them 
from that. Um, oh, yeah, so, well, that's that's a good point. Yeah. I, I hadn't even thought of that. But but then still, she would have forgotten them. <laughs> yeah, but, but 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 in terms of being, I don't think it was a satisfactory story. I think anybody who just watches the Christmas specials, I mean, never mind just watch Christmas specials. I was reading about the uh, the actual people who watched, and the viewing figures got like about a million for the last five minutes, as though people just tune in to see the regeneration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it amazes me that, but. Um, could be the yeah, case, yeah. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't see how they would have taken an awful lot from it. But having said that, I would urge anybody listening here that um, has only watched it once uh, to watch it more than once, and I'm not really sure yet what I think of it. I, I think it failed on what it intended to do, which was be uh, entertaining, unless, unless basically you were so full of uh, mince pies and uh, other, uh, in, uh, you know, Imbibed well, a, a little bit of uh, good nature and friends, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, the, this, the whole town of Christmas being in darkness for for most of the time, I, that, I, daylight only lasted, uh, I don't know, a few minutes or what, however long it lasted. It was a, a bit dreary, you know, the, and it just, I mean, I, I thought the pacing was... Well, that's so they could have the... So they could have the Christmas decorations. Yeah, I know. Just so they could have the Christmas. But I mean, we could have. You could have. Uh, there's there's Christmas motifs that take place during the daylight as well. You could have snow. Well, I was going to say snowmen, but that, not not the snowmen that we've seen in in the snowmen. But um, you know, whatever. I, I just it, it just seemed a little dreary. And and as I said at the beginning of my review was that maybe this should have been called instead of the time of the doctor. Maybe this should have been called the doctor that waited because. It just seemed like that's all we were doing for much much of this episode was waiting, you know. And as the doctor was growing older, we were you know waiting for the next um, part of the story to to come about, and uh, and a lot of it was just brushed over with narration, and we didn't get to see it. I mean, this was sort of billed as some sort of a gigantic war, and you know, I, and I said at the beginning of my reviews that I was going into this thinking that Matt Smith was going to go down fighting, you know, as far as like his regeneration goes, and, and instead we just see him growing old. And of course, uh, there's a lot of stuff that we don't see, you know, that's that's kind of told through narration that you know he is fighting, and, and you know we see some of it, but it just I don't know, it just seems like a lot of it was just watching him grow old and. I, it doesn't really, as you said, it doesn't really make to make for that great entertaining um, television. You know, it's but on second viewing, you know, um, with me that that was expectations I had going into it, so it failed to meet whatever expectations I had. So for that reason, it was disappointing for me. But not having those expectations, maybe you feel different watching it. Yeah, well, he said he didn't want any more innocent lives to be lost. So, and the the other thing you can argue that he'd already made he'd already realized that he wasn't going to regenerate this was the you know his final uh, so it was basically he was almost uh, having retirement and coming to terms with that i think uh, well oh mike's not on audio but um he he was saying that he he felt as though all this information had to be put in here because maybe uh, the showrunners weren't aware of uh, Matt Smith that he was going to have left leave so soon. Maybe they thought they had longer to do these, but um, the point is we are talking about stuff that goes back to season dum-de-dum-de-dum, wherever. Yeah, um, and 
you either argue that um, you know it's a it's a lot too late, or it, it's getting that into the story has meant the story is basically taking second place. So I suppose if you watch watch it on a supervisual level, you may enjoy it. But I mean, I'm not really a big fan of Christmas shows either. It was an hour long, so it had it had what 15, 16 minutes over an ordinary episode. Um, but I almost feel as though this could have done with having uh, another 20 minutes, not on the story, but on, well, I don't know what, really. Um, I think it was a bit of a dog's dinner, but the the more you watch it, I think the more you get out, but you have to work for it, I think. Anybody who, who got this all in one go on the first viewing is either very clever or very unforgiving. Mm. No, not unforgiving, forgiving. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's, um, I'm going to play another clip, and then we'll, we'll go on. You still can't work up the courage to shoot me, can you? You're still worried I've got something up my sleeve! Well, you knock yourself out, boys. Yeah. Got nothing this time. <laughs> Ron, we remind people, if you are listening live, you can call in at 724-444-7444, and the call ID for the show is 23358. And if you're not listening live, don't call that number because we won't be live. You won't get us live. But uh, again, you can uh, always send us feedback by calling the Pachak Public Call Box at 206 206- Three five zero six four six three. You can give your opinion of the time of the Doctor or anything else that you like, um, as you know, as long as it's Doctor Who related, and it works like voicemail. So just leave a message there and keep it brief, down to about three minutes at most, and um, try to include your name, you know, just your first name if you like, and it's just so that we can um, introduce you when we do feedback on our show. Right, so here we have the, the, the doctor is regenerating here. He's uh, granted a, a new um, cycle, a new set of regenerations. And um, so, as I said earlier, we can now put to rest all this, all this um, um, worry that fans had how, they, how he was going to get, you know, how the show was going to continue past the 13th regeneration. And, um, you know, we all, between, I mean, after the, thir- the 12th regeneration going on to the 13th incarnation, whatever. Um, 
and we all knew that it that was written to the show and it was going to be easily um written the, the into the show how he was going to get around it and the show was not going to end just because of that uh i think we um i don't know if it's going to be in our next clip or not but we uh, we're coming about to uh, my favorite line in the whole episode which the doctor um upon meeting you know he, he some, somehow he after this scene, uh, he is reset back to the younger 11th Doctor, which uh, I know didn't really make too much sense for me, but I'll accept it. Uh, you know, as part of the regeneration process, I guess, I, you would have had... Thought, I mean, none of the other Doctors kind of got younger right before, but this is a new set of regeneration, so who knows how it works. So anyway, he's sort of reset back to the... the and it's done really for the audience, so that we his send off. We see him as we known him for the. It's not an old eleventh Doctor. It's not an old Matt Smith. It's it's his as we know him. So that's how we say goodbye to him. Uh, he, he drops the tie, and um, which is symbolic to the end of his of the Matt Smith era. Since you know, of course, he's not the only Doctor that wore a bow tie, but I guess that's he's most associated with that. You know, bow ties are cool and all that. Um, but before that, he gives this little monologue um, to um, Clara, you know, saying that we all change when you think about it. We're all different people all through our lives, and, and that's okay. we got to keep—and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. I might be getting this wrong. we got to keep on moving along as long as we remember the people that we used to be. And I thought that was a very powerful line. And he goes on to say, I will not forget one line of this, not one day. I swear I always remember when, I, when the doctor was me. And I— I, I just thought the first part of that um, is very, um, you know, very truthful in that because we, you know, <laughs> depending how old you are, uh, you come to realize that we are different people as we go through time and, and, and space, and we're not the same people that we were when we were younger, in a sense. And uh, sometimes, you know, when you think back on our lives in the past, maybe we would have done certain things differently, knowing what we know now, or we're just different people, you know, or, or, or our tastes change. Some of the things that you know I might have been into when I was younger, I'm not into now. So in a sense, yeah, I'm just I'm. I'm really being a dead horse yep so i'll stop that but i I thought that was a great line there um like i said my favorite part of the whole story was that was that little that little passage there dave did that did we did i lose you dave no, I thought you said you you were going to play that clip. I thought you said. Oh, okay. No, I was. Uh, I'll, I'll play. It. I, I wasn't sure if that was in that the, that clip there. Um, well, part of it was okay. Uh, All right, here. I, I think this this is it now. I'm losing track on on which clips I played. Which. Raggedy um... man. No, I think it's uh, this one. You still can't work up the courage to shoot me. Uh, can right, you yeah. You're still worried. I've got something up my sleeve. Well, you knock yourself out, boys. Got nothing this time. We 
had that clip before, and that that was just a point there. That, that how how did the Daleks um, the Daleks <laughs> know that he uh, his regeneration limit has exceeded? You know that he had reached the limit. So uh, we have to assume that something they trans- got it from they got it from the the, the woman that had been ro- robotized. Uh, oh, uh, all right, uh, okay. The the, the tra- Tasha yeah. Lang. So she died, okay. didn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So they, so all that she knew about the doctor. All right. Okay. So that that exp- that that's I'll accept that explanation. Tasha Lem. Yeah. yeah. All right. This is the clip that we should have played right here because that was a repeat of of the last clip. Here we go. Good night. With uh, Peter Capaldi as Doctor Number Twelve, <laughs> if, if we're going we're gonna to keep counting him that way, I guess. So yeah, we're gonna—he's the twelfth Doctor. We go forward, and I, as I said, there was um, something in the news recently about you know changing uh, the direction of the series as we go forward now into a new war direction or so. But we'll see. You know when and, and and when that happens, and if and where, if and where we you know where we go with with this. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a little cautious about that, but I'm excited at the same time. So I'm, I think we all have certain ideas. Uh, you mean, uh, do you mean in the, the when you say where we're going to go? You mean in terms of you know, how they're going to uh, have the doctor behave? Well, he's. I mean, we, we've had the doctor that yeah. was uh, getting too yeah. well known. We had the doctor that then tried to uh, sort of. Be uh, very quiet and and and, and sort of uh, let the world forget about him. Um, and now we don't know whether we're going towards not the Valyard, but the sort of as they get towards the well, not the end of his regenerations because it's the start of a new one. Yeah. So we can, we've knocked that out of the water. That the Doctor's going to be you know more cantankerous again, and uh, you know maybe uh, less pleasant towards the end of his. Uh, regenerations, if this is as being stated, well, they, the they, they had said you know a, so, new, a, a new direction for the show itself. So I think the doctor's part of it, of course, but I, I think there might be other elements. Now, um, am I incorrect in um, in, in um, saying that um, the directors that are lined up for the new series are directing um, consecutive episodes back to back? In other words, like they're they're doing one. And two, and then three, and four. In other words, is are we to somehow assume that we're going to have uh, cliffhangers again, and they maybe there'd be two episodes to tell each story? Or 
I, I, again, this is just speculation on my part. I, I, I don't have. I, I honestly don't know. I mean, all I know is that uh, from what this, it looks as though we're not having a split series. It looks as though it's going to start August or at the very end of August. Mm -hmm. It looks as though there are 13 episodes. They don't state whether it's going to be 13 and another Christmas special. or it's going to be 12 and the 13th being a Christmas special. I'm sure there are people in the room. Um, I don't know where you're going with... Because, um, I, 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 unfortunately, I missed the first part, so I don't know whether you're ready to uh, hear from other people in the room yet or not, and they may well, well have that information. We will in, in a minute. I, I, just, I, I just thought I would entertain with you, um, you know, where we may be going with the series as a whole after, after this scene, after the regeneration goes. And, you know, for all those that are... Really judging um, Peter Capaldi on um, on this scene, I, I think you got to give him some slack. I mean, it was just a couple of lines. He really didn't, you know, really didn't see his acting chops here. Uh, I think you know you have to give him a little time as the doc. And, and this goes, this is true with any new actor that's playing the Doctor. You know, you can't really judge them on their 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 regeneration, their first you know scene at you know after they're regenerated. Um, and I think maybe John Nathan Turner. Uh, Decided back in, uh, you know, when um, Peter Davison regenerated into Colin Baker to to kind of avoid that by having um, having regenerate and then having the, the first uh, Colin Baker story follow on the heels. So so that fans didn't have to wait until they get introduced to the new doctor. Um, but I think, you know, people are going to have to wait till August now to see how um, Peter Capaldi, you know, pans out as the doctor. And I. And I Really, I, I don't want, you know, it would it, be ill-fated to um, judge him on, on those few lines and that, that, that quick scene there, um, which I didn't have any problems with. But I'm just saying th th those that are judging him on that, you know, I, I think you need to hold off and wait and see what he brings to the table. So my overall... Yeah, um, I'm, going, I'm sorry, Dave. No. Oh, okay. Sorry. So I was just going to give my overall uh, Tardis groans on this. It's going to be three Tardis groans. I, I didn't, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It's sort of. I, I did find it disappointing, um, only because I did have different expectations going into this, and you know. So I, I know that's. I just felt there was a lot of waiting, and I'm, I was never a big fan of stories that have, you know, that that we sort of just see characters grow old and and. And, and it spans many years, and we see them sort of just miss a lot of it, you know. And the, the, the narrations kind of kind of fills you in, but it just seems like you know uh, we missed a lot of the and and the pacing for me just wasn't there. For, um, I wasn't on the sitting on the edge of my seat on this. It, it didn't. It wasn't. Um, you know, I thought the pacing in the day of the Doctor was better than, than the, the time of the Doctor. I, but then again, I, I do enjoy Matt Smith. I think Matt Smith. Um, you know, was a good doctor, and this was his send off. And, um, you know, for, and for that, you know, I, I'll, I'll give it credit for that. Uh, I, as far as, um, you know, seeing Amelia and Amy, and we, we didn't actually, obviously, the actress that played um, Amelia uh, has grown, so they had to use a different actress. And it's interesting, you know, so they had to cover her, her face, and they did that by having the, um, the vision that the doctor was seeing, seeing the, the child. The, like the, those drawings from ch from children that were on Trenzalore that in his vision were pasted all along the, the railings of the TARDIS and um, they, they got up, you know, I, again, I, you know, we didn't really need to see um, 
Amy again. It's it's sort of what we do now in, in New Doctor Who. It seems like we we seem never to kind of let go of these companions. And, um, but it's it, it was all right. You know. So Dave, what's your overall assessment to for this? Uh, well, it's ongoing. It's ongoing, Lewis. Uh, I, I, as I say, I didn't really enjoy it at all. I was. Um, I don't like the silly moments. In Doctor. I realise that I'm not the target audience. Um, uh, they've got to keep something where a whole family can watch it from from granny to uh, grandchild. And obviously, I'm a bit nearer to the granny's age now, so I'm not really the the target audience. But for me. Um, I, again, I've done it before. I've, I've said it. Uh, you know, I, I, something happens. I, I'm chunnering to myself, having an argument with the TV, uh, and then I miss some important bits. And I say, "Well, they never explained that." And my son will probably say, "Well, they did if you were listening." You know, and um, therefore, uh, I, I found it. Uh, well, again, it, it's Christmas. It was snowing, and therefore, I suppose I do expect that. Uh, I felt as though. Again, at the beginning, Clara was sidelined, you know, 300 years to cook a turkey. I mean, I know it's a difficult job if you're doing Christmas, but um, I think that's a little bit too long. I, I didn't feel engaged that much with the actual people he was trying to protect. Um, the the other downside for me was the fact that, uh, the way I saw it at least, he was trying to, you know, hold uh, a basically true a truce and because he felt as though it, there was no there was no good end for himself, you know, he was a little bit like a, an old soldier. He's gonna that was where he was going to just fade away. Uh, it, it seemed then strange that when he suddenly had the wherewithal uh, at the end, because of course I, I did must admit I liked the bit where she, Clara says to him, "What are you going to do?" He says, "Well, I'm going to go up there and try and talk fast, pretend I've got a plan." And usually that's enough, and then take the credit. Uh, mm -hmm. So I thought that was rather good. Yeah. Uh, but of course, then uh, because of Clara's uh, important intervention, he does get this regenerative energy. But to me, it seemed as though he was using it as a weapon. Quite rightly, I think you pointed out uh, the the lady from the church. Um, I keep thinking, I want to say, I keep wanting to say Tasha yeah, I'm Sorry. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's similar. It's ta it's Tasha <laughs> Tasha Lem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tasha Lam, uh, she used the energy as well. When uh, and, and the other thing is, I've never liked those um, Dalek uh, operating. You know, the yeah. humans are neither did I. Uh, did yeah. have to be humans, but creatures. Where, I, I, where I, I never liked them either. I stalk them out there. Yeah, that, that, that was a bit too silly for no. me. Uh, um, I, I mean, the Robo Men from you know the Daleks that you know going back to the to the first series of, of, of Doctor Who back in 1963, the, you know the Dalek invasion of Earth, whatever. You know the Robo Men, I can accept that, but you know they have some sort of apparatus on the on the humans and all that, but and controlling them, that's one thing. But um, these eye stalks coming out of their forehead is a bit little too fantasyful, fanciful for me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I didn't like the the fact that uh, you know, is this a bed or is it an altar? You know, sort of sort of childish innuendo. But I suppose that is there again, sort of. And, and and some people have pointed out that they like lighter moments when you have a dark story. But as I say, there's a doctor that's trying to save life, and then the first thing he does is unleash this power and wipes out you know another hundred thousand. 
Daleks in, you know, a fleet of ships around the planet. I thought originally that there were other races still up there and he, he probably destroyed them again. I think it was uh, Jeff, the seventh doctor, that said, no, the, the other races by now had left and it was only the Dalek fleet and the, the, the church spaceship or whatever it was was up there. So I, I, I didn't particularly like that. I, I, I felt slightly cheated with the... Um, Regeneration. I think it would be much better if when we heard the steps in the TARDIS, that was already uh, the next Doctor. Um, the, the Amelia, Amy, I can understand it because, uh, again, this is, not, I'm not, this is not something I thought of but, uh, on the collective, that uh, you know, uh, his, his journey as the Doctor's tied up with Amelia's journey with the Doctor. So you can argue that there was a, there was a good symmetry in having her appear there in front of him and uh, and as uh, as we know, the doctors often had uh, Tegan's voice irritating me in his ear or whatever. So <laughs> you know that, that doctor. Naturalistic. But it did. But yeah. But it did somewhat sideline, you know, Clara. Uh, but I, I love Clara as a companion. We're uh, we're a little less sure of which Clara we've got now, and we're also the other big thing hanging over everything is continuity now. Because if the Doctor doesn't die on Trends of Law, um, what well, happens to all that's yeah. that's been linked to that? With you know, with the uh, he changed the, the great he changed the future, and uh, but I guess the past, timey wimey. I, I know. <laughs> so yeah. how many? I, mean, uh, I don't know. How many Thomas Rhodes would you give it? Well, uh, well, I, when I first watched it, I was only giving it a one. Uh, Doing the 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 uh, the audio and things probably a three, but I, I, I'm still vacillating on it. I don't really know, and uh, I think this is what you might call a marmite episode. It, it's one you either uh, like and feel as though you know you've been served up uh, a really good thing. You've had all the questions you've been clamouring to have answered. Maybe too late, but you've had them answered. Whether you didn't like the answers, you've had them answered. And I hope, please, I do hope that we're not going to get this Doctor Who reference every five minutes again now. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm assuming that, you know, that was a bit uh, all that uh, was said in that, that, in that statement, you know, on trends of law, the question that must not be asked, uh, and so on. Uh, if, you know, you could argue that it's all being prepared for, but it still felt as though too much was shoehorned into one episode, uh, and... It, Casual viewers, they either all went over their head, or they would have been miring the person next to them. Well, what does that mean? Well, who are them? What are those people? Did you know them? And uh, there's a there's a TV show in the UK called Gogglebops at the moment, where they're showing these people watching TV series and commenting on it. And some of the most hilarious scenes in that have been where some young six, 17 year old lad, and he's got his mother knitting beside him. And she said, well, what's happening? Where on earth are they? They're not on earth. Well, where are they? They're on Gallifrey. Well, what's Gallifrey? And this poor lad's pulling his hair out because his mother asking these questions, you know, shut up, Mum, I want to watch it. So you can imagine <laughs> all the feuds going on in Christmas families between those, the, uh, as Mike would say, the we and the not we, must have been horrendous. 
Yeah, I, I started. I don't know. I started I saying that a lot. This is um, for a lot of people. This is either love or hate. You know, this episode. I I found myself sort of in the middle, though. I did find it disappointing. So it's um, it, it's when I rewatched it again, it wasn't something I was looking forward to rewatching it because it, um, it it was a bit dreary. You know, that the whole waiting thing and the doctor growing old wasn't something that I I relished in. Um, you know, and that's uh, someone. Uh, um, uh, now I forgot who it was in chat asked how old the doctor is now, and um, you know, and that's that's. A, I guess it's going to be interesting seeing you know the next time the doctor mentions his age because you know as you said, Dave, he's he aged three hundred years, then he comes back, he's older. Clara comes back, and now he's older, and older again. So did he? There was a. I mean, we have to assume maybe that's another three hundred years. But also, what's interesting if we go back to. What was it? Was it the day of the moon, or um, what's that episode? Um, I might be. Yeah, yeah, um, the, the impossible astronaut. The, yes, you know, going back to that story, the doctor. Um, we see the doctor age there a couple hundred years, and there's no physical aging on him at all. So um, I don't know. You know, it, it, that could just be a um, continuity um, thing, but. Well, well, when the tenth Doctor aged, I mean, the, when the Master oh, aged, mm-hmm. the point is the Master said, "What? Yeah, but he said, what, this is what you would look like if you'd aged nine hundred years without regenerating.' Yeah. So that was like nine hundred years in one book. And then you know, he, he turns in, into in Gollum body. or something like that. This yeah. Doctor, yeah, the, this this the eleventh Doctor presumably was at least eight hundred and fifty. Uh, if not nine nine hundred, no, it was, no. We assume David Tennant was nine hundred. Tenth Doctor was 900 in 2005, don't we? But we don't know how many years he wandered. So, yeah. I, 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 it's at least 1,500 years the Capaldi Doctor now, maybe as much as 1,800. Uh, and also, you, you had mentioned... Thank that- you. Guess five says... Ten said... Oh, it was lying when he said... Uh, all right, okay. Anyway, that's no doubt soon that will be addressed. Yeah. Um, just so you had mentioned uh, grand grandparents and grand. Um, I just want to make it mention that grand here. The, the actress is Sheila Reed, or um, and she played in Vengeance and Varus as well. She uh, she's not she she's not new yeah. to Doctor Who. She, uh, she was. The, the woman that was in that in that holdings, um, you know, watching the t- the television and commenting yeah. about what was watching the couple, the couple that were doing the vote, that yeah. the voting, yeah, yeah. So uh, obviously she's a lot older now, and uh, but if you did recognize her, I, I didn't recognize her at first. You know, I, she, I thought she was interesting, but I didn't realize that was the same actress there. So just uh, a little um, nugget of information there. We'll be right back with your live feedback. We want to hear what you have to say about the time of the Doctor, the 2013 Christmas special. So so stay tuned. We'll be right back with Doctor Who Podshock. This is Matt Smith, and you're listening to Doctor Who Podshock. Well, we're at the end of the uh, incarnation of the 11th Doctor, Matt Smith. In uh, the time of the Doctor, and Matt Smith is uh, Doctor's mostly known, well, not mostly known, but one of the iconic features of his persona of the Doctor is the bow tie. You know, bow ties are cool, but he wasn't the first Doctor to wear a bow tie. We're going to go 
and revisit the second Doctor in our Audible selection for this episode of Doctor Who Podshock. As you know, as you're, if you're a long-time listener to Dr. Hugh Pachuk, you'll know that Audible is the premier provider of digital audiobooks. Audible has over 85,000 titles. In fact, I think they have over 100,000 titles to choose from in every genre, including science fiction, but not limited to that. It also has sci- um, science, thrillers, uh, romance, um, comedy, and so much more. Their titles will play on your iPhone, your Android, your Kindle, more than 500 devices that it will that you can uh, play your Audible audiobooks anytime, anywhere. And you, for listeners of Doctor Who Podshock, Audible is offering a free Audible, a free um, audio book download with a three, with a free 30-day trial to check out their service. So, and if you don't like it, you can always return. I mean, you can always cancel, and you don't need to return your audio book. You keep that. So, to download your free audio book, simply go to audibletrial.com. Slash Pachak. Again, that's Audible Trial, one word, audibletrial.com slash Pachak for your free audiobook. Or you can go to our website, uh, pachak.net, and you'll see a link for it there as well. Now, this is, um, again, this is a second Doctor story that we're going to feature here. It's called The Nameless City. It's part of this 50th anniversary um, um, audiobooks uh, that they have going, and it's written by Michael um, Scott, and it's narrated by Fraser Hines, who played Jamie, uh, Jamie McCrimmon in the Second Doctor's tenure. So, this is a little bit from this audiobook here. Again, this is Fraser Hines speaking as, uh, and he, uh, once again, he plays Jamie McCrimmon in in this story as well. The sound was nearly lost in the noise of the busy Saturday afternoon traffic and the crowds bustling along Charing Cross Road. A few people glanced up and looked around. Seeing nothing wrong, they went on their way. A second shout rang out, almost completely drowned by the blare of car horns. Only a tall, dark-haired young man standing outside a shabby antiquarian bookshop continued to look, head tilted to one side, eyes half-closed, listening intently. None of the passer-by paid him any attention, and since this was London and the city was awash with the latest fashions... No one even blinked at his oversized black turtleneck sweater or the fact that he was wearing a red Scottish tartan kilt, complete with sporran. The young man used a trick his father had taught him when they'd been hunting grouse in the highlands. He deliberately focused on the sounds. First, the cars and buses. Next, the street clatter, the dull hum of shouts, the buzz of laughter. And then he tuned them out. He waited for something out of the ordinary, something odd, alien, something like the slap of leather on stone. It had come from behind him. Moving quickly now, he followed the sound. It led him to the mouth of a cobbled alley. He glanced down. It was empty. However, he knew with absolute certainty that this narrow tube of stone would have carried any sounds out into the street beyond. Ducking into the alleyway, he blinked allowing his eyes to adjust to the gloom before darting forward. The alley curved slightly to the left, and as he rounded the corner, he discovered the source of the noise. A bearded, grey-haired man lay sprawled across the filthy stones, surrounded by a scatter of antique leather-bound books. An enormous, greasy-haired thug crouched over the figure, searching through a battered satchel, pulling out books and tossing them to one side. "'Please, please be careful.' 
The old man groaned as each leather-clad volume hit the ground with a distinctive slap. "'Where's the money?' the huge thug snarled. "'Where's the shop's takings?' "'There is none,' the old man said quickly. "'We sell antiquarian books, but some days we don't sell anything.' "'I don't believe you. Empty your pockets.' "'No!' the old man said defiantly. "'Yes!' the thief smiled, thin lips peeling back from yellow teeth. Anger flashed in the young Scotsman's eyes. He knew he shouldn't get involved. He'd been entrusted with a critical mission and had promised not to delay. But he'd also been raised to a strict code of honour, which included protecting the weak and respecting elders. Keeping close to the walls, he hurried forward, well-worn, soft, leather-soled shoes making no sound on the cobblestones. "'I said, empty your pockets!' The thug tossed the satchels to one side and loomed over the man lying on the ground. Suddenly, a shout cut through the air, a guttural snarl that shocked the thief into immobility. He caught a glimpse of a shadow in the corner of his eye, the instant before a tremendous blow to his side sent him crashing into the alley wall. His head cracked against the old stones, and red and blue spots of cold light danced before his eyes as he sank to his knees. The thief blinked, watching a figure in a red skirt. No, a kilt. "'swim into focus. "'Scrambling to his feet, "'he threw an unsteady punch "'and then something hit him in the centre of the chest "'and he sat down hard, "'spine jarring on the cobbles. "'If you know what's good for you, "'you'll run away now, "'and you won't look back.' "'Although the Scotsman had spoken "'in little more than a whisper, "'the threat was clear. "'Bending double, "'with both arms wrapped around his bruised chest, "'the thief backed away, "'then turned and ran.' The Scotsman knelt, offering his hand to the old man and gently easing him into a sitting position. Are you hurt? Only my pride and my trousers. The grey-haired man struggled slowly to his feet, brushing his hair back off his high forehead. And my poor books. He moved to pick them up, but the Scotsman was already darting around, collecting the scattered volumes. You're very brave, the man said, his deep voice echoing off the alley walls. Well... I couldn't just walk away now, could I? Yes, you could have. Others did. The older man stuck out a leather-gloved hand. Thank you. Thank you very much. He smiled through a neat, grey-flecked, goatee beard, his eyes dark and curious beneath heavy brows. I'm Professor Tasculus. I'm Jamie. Jamie McCrumman. Scottish. I, I thought I recognised a Gaelic war cry. Craig and Tour. What, what is that? The Boar's Rock? Jamie handed over the books. You mean the kilt wasn't a clue? So that's The Nameless City. It's a second Doctor story. Now, this could be a free audio audio selection, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. You could select anything that they have to offer. Uh, to get your free audiobook, simply go to audibletrial.com slash podshock. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash podshock for your free audiobook. All right, well, we're going to open it up to uh, yeah. to live callers here. If you're on talk show right now, please put yourself in the queue and you know, so we know who wants to uh, chime in on your thoughts on the time of the Doctor, the 2013 um, Christmas special. I, I know- uh, two things. One, I don't know if you mentioned it before, right, but uh, first of all, it's uh, Bernard Cribbins' 85th birthday today. Oh, you, uh, Talking about other connections to October. Okay, well, happy birthday. Uh, and the other thing is that um, 
Yeah, uh, South California, which I assume is Ken, is not in the text chat unless he's one of the guests, so he may not be able to actually uh, hit the Q status. Uh, isn't there a uh, star command on the key on the on the star eight? Yeah, you can hit star eight on a phone. Okay, but I think he might be using a tablet. But we'll see. Oh, all right. Um, all right. Well, we have um, Matthias uh, in the queue, so we're going to go to him, and then we'll go to uh, South California. Oh, welcome. Hello, where are you? Are you there? <laughs> I got. I'm here. How are you doing, Lewis? Hey, good to have you back on the show. I, I think yeah, I've uh, recovered, and I, uh, I think you're one of the people that that really enjoyed this story. So I want to get your take on, uh, you know, the time of the doctor. Well, I really liked um, his acting at the end. That was the biggest thing for me because I actually know people that are like 85, 95, mm-hmm. and they act exactly the same. Like, oh, lay down the law if you want. To you know, yeah. the little mm-hmm. to them twenty year olds, you 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 lay down the law, you little. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I loved that, and I loved uh, the church, the church of the the papal mainframe, because it was basically one big Catholic joke. Yeah. Because the uh, silence are genetically engineered priests to hear confessions, which, if you think about it, actually makes a lot of sense. And other than that, um, when I was watching it, I really loved it, but I find that when I listen to podcasts or see other people's opinions, Uh (laughs) it just tends to riddle riddle it with holes. Well, um, like I said, I... I I noticed there's a lot of uh, within fandom that I I picked up on after this episode was that you know either those seem to be extremes you know they either really liked it or they they didn't really like it so um, if you if you're hearing a lot of people that are saying you know what they don't like about it it could taint your opinion of it I guess you know I what I try to do is uh, you know before we do these live review shows not to um, give too much um, exposure for myself to, to reviews because I, I don't want, I, I, I don't want my kind of take on it to be tainted by others at first until, um, you know, I have my say. And yeah. Then... I'm, I'm the same way. I stay away from Gallifrey base and Reddit's doctor who mm-hmm. subreddit and Twitter. And I just uh, isolate myself. And then I go on not Gallifrey based though. that. That's a, that's a death sentence. Uh, another uh, character you liked was uh, Handles, which is uh, the Cyberhead. Yeah, I um, yeah, he was like uh, he's like the Doctor Who version of Siri. Oh yeah, that's but true. Why did you not talk with a cyber voice? Well, I I, 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 I guess uh, the Doctor did some hokey pokey stuff in there, and he was sort of playing well, the role of uh, canine in a on. sense. I'm sorry. I was talking over you. Yeah, Go ahead. That's a good point. No, no. I'm sorry. I um, he did. Uh, he did say he re- he removed the organic, so it yeah. was just basically a computer. Right. And um, I think that handles for those that get tattoos would be a perfect tattoo on like your your upper right arm because his uh his coloring is very uh, vibrant. 
Yeah, I guess um, the promotional imagery with him holding, you know, the cyber head in his hand also led to this assumption that the Cybermen were going to be playing a bigger part in the story uh, when, you know, in a sense, you know, we didn't know that Handles was going to be his, like, his little companion. <laughs> yeah, that that's, I think, surprised everybody. Yeah. So how many uh, TARDIS groans would you give Time of the Doctor? 3.5 because of the plot holes, but I guess technically 4 just because the silences are, uh, the silence are genetically engineered priests to hear confessions, and that just cracks me up. What's your, what's your feeling on the Matt Smith era, since this is also the, the end of his era? What's um, your take on, on the 11th Doctor's time? Um, I think they had ex- an extremely good storylines. Like the girl who waited was just a very emotional thing, and the um, the timeline wrapped around on itself because I think Dave said earlier, I, I don't remember because uh, memory problems. But in the eleventh hour, wasn't there along the line somewhere? It made the noise of the TARDIS coming to Amelia, and then they didn't show it, and then later on mm. they did. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think um, yes, I think Dave had pointed, I think, picked up on that uh, initially way back when. Yeah, you yeah. must remember everything I say, because I, I can't be relied upon to remember <laughs> it. <laughs> All right, well, thanks again for your, your, um, you know, your, your take on it and your feedback, and um, look forward to hearing from more of you. Yeah, look forward to listening. See you later. All right. Cheers. Take care. All right. And now we're going to, uh, Dave, you said that South California is Ken. Hello. Welcome to. Uh, I think it may well be. All right. Uh, welcome Hi, to Lewis, Dr. Pachuk. Yes, this is Ken. Hey, how are you doing? Doing very good. Very good. Welcome back to the show. Been enjoying hearing the show so far. I uh, have to say that I really enjoyed much of the episode. It's not, I would say, a fantastic Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. I would have preferred it would have been a two-parter. And I have the strange feeling that a lot of the elements in this would have been used for a Series 8 or a partial Series 8 had Matt Smith stayed. And I think that's why it was so dense. But uh, I think uh, Stephen Moffat uh, promised he would... Find closure. Yeah, tie up those loose ends. And he did. He, mm-hmm. You know, every every uh, box was ticked off for the uh, Matt Smith, or I would say Matt Smith uh, Amy era, the Eleventh uh, Doctor Amy era, because that that in essence what it is. And you either go with it, or you'll be happy that that uh, the change has happened. Because um, and you look. You look at what's in this episode, and I mean, it's, it's, I don't think it's a day of the doctor, which I thought was just uh, really triumphant. Mm-hmm. I, um, but this, this was a very good, <sighs> melancholy kind of uh, tone poem uh, saying goodbye to uh, 11. And Christmas was tacked on in a nice way, in a nice way. But I thought that the answers, you know, utilizing uh, 
what was the cause of the uh, TARDIS explosion, the uh, the crack in time. This all um, went back to a um, rebellious branch of the um, papal mainframe led by Madame Kavorian. And we learned that the uh, silence is not necessarily evil. That branch was. And I thought that was a great, it was a great sense of humor to it, that they were like the perfect priests. You confess to them, and mm-hmm. a moment later you forget you confessed. So you have to confess later, and you keep confessing ad nauseum forever and ever and ever. You know? <laughs> they say it's so good it, for the soul. So it is a great joke there. <laughs> and and I, I get a feeling from Stephen Moffat, I get a real Douglas Adams vibe every now and then with the humor. I mean, he does mm-hmm. put that through. I, I've said it before. You look at Curse of Fatal Death, and that's Moffat's Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. It's emotional. It's silly. It uses uh, time extensively, creating time paradoxes within itself. It's flirtatious. And... It also pays a great homage to the past, but in it, but it's also at times very, very atypical of a Doctor Who episode. And this is very different for a Doctor regenerating, staying in one place for 300 plus years, being a fatherly caretaker to a settlement on a planet, a settlement called Christmas on a planet called Trenzalore. Underlying interesting change, I mean, uh, subtext of this is that Gallifrey wants to get through. They use the crack in time to contact the mm-hmm. doctor. Yeah. But they don't push their way through. They're not the insane, maddening, chaotic force that we saw in End of Time. They're healing. They listen to supplication and a prayer from Clara. Uh, to help, and it's them thanking the doctor, I, I feel, for saving them, for giving them a chance, knowing that their chance is going to come to be reinstated to the universe, not today, but in the future. So, uh, you know, Stephen Moffat had it both ways. He keeps the storyline going. He solves the problem of the renewal of regenerations. He fills in uh, and most of the questions about uh, his storyline arcs, which, um, again, and it's, and it's been said, and I do agree, if you're just perhaps a casual fan or someone just seeing this on Christmas Day, you're going to be scratching your head. But that, that's going to be the case with a lot of television shows, which, which have a great history. And have, a, and have a lot of story arcs. Would I have preferred a separate standalone Christmas episode uh, in in the nature of a Christmas Carol? Yes, I, I thought that was just brilliant. So maybe this maybe they trying to what they could have done was uh, done two two. I mean, I, I, across there's budget concerns and all that, but maybe have what they did with. Um, with the regeneration of um, of the tenth Doctor, they kind of broke it up into two. They had your, your uh, you could do a Christmas special for Christmas, and oh, that's do a, what I was hoping. For. Do a New Year's uh, special where he—that's the regeneration one. 
yeah, it would have been nice that you had the Christmas special, and at the end of it, maybe you get the message and and the realization that the crack in time, the message is from Gallifrey, mm-hmm. and that what he's doing, and then you go into that whole uh, storyline. And you could have this involving the papal mainframe and Tasha Lem in two episodes. So you're getting used to it, you're feeling it, and it's a richer yeah. story. Mm-hmm. Because there is a lot crammed in, even though it is rather simplistic. Basically, Doctor coming to grips with mortality, Doctor taking care of a planet and being a peacekeeper and doing what he can, not just to save these people, but to do what he always does, save the universe. And then when he has no hope, to get hope out of nowhere because of his companion. So the importance of Clara in that. So it, 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 um, it's, it's simple, but it's overly complex because of uh, everything that Moffat uh, has decided to do with it. And I, I have a feeling that's not just uh, his fault. I think it was of necessity. I think he had perhaps no choice in the matter. But Matt Smith, I thought, was brilliant in it. The, yeah. the old-age makeup, the, the fun he had with the people, the bits of humor. But it was, it was, I thought it was, it was really balanced. The, uh, the scenes with Claire in the last 10 or 15 minutes had me choked up. Mm. Had me choked up. I didn't mind having little Amelia and even Amy at the end, although it did bother me in a sense that it took away from Clara. So if I had to make a choice of, you know, not having Amy there and just Amelia and seeing her run and switch it back to uh, to, to Clara, I, yeah. I, I would have uh, preferred that. Um the regeneration itself, I, I thought we were going to get Peter Capaldi um, when we saw the steps. I thought that was it. So it was a surprise, and it would have been an interesting way to go, giving Peter Capaldi more time. Mm-hmm. But because this is giving honor to the 11th, yeah. I think it was uh, Moffat's necessity to showcase Matt Smith right to the very end. And I, I thought it did that beautifully. Not, not that thrilled with what Capaldi did in it. I mean, it it wasn't that punchy or or that memorable yet. Um, I think one of the weakest post-regeneration bits of lines that I've seen, I have to say that. Although I thought the line with the kidneys was cute, but it, it, but it is, you know, it's similar to David Tennant's uh, remark about teeth or, or Matt Smith's... Uh, Mm-hmm. Remarks about his legs yeah. and him not being ginger. It's a physicality comment. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's been done before. Exactly. It would have been really wild if he looked at Claire and he looked at her and said, Who are you? <laughs> that would have been a blast. That would have been a real question. If looking at her, goes, Do I know you? So that, that would have been something. No, we we can't um, judge that. We can't, all, we can't really blame Peter on on um, on, the, on the lines that he was giving. But yeah, I I understand your point, and and it's well taken. No, that it's, no, it's, I'm it's, I'm very much looking forward to what he does. Not anything with, that with we hadn't seen before. An actor. 
Though, though that last tail he did end every, he of did everything the, he could what he was given. Yeah, that last tail end when he does regenerate, it's very quick. You know, there, if you count when it starts at the tower, it's a long regeneration. But if just the the, the physical part of going from young Matt Smith to um, Peter uh, Capaldi was very. It seemed to happen almost instantaneous. But then instantaneous, again, instantaneous. I don't think I've seen one. Yeah. It's a new regeneration like, so cycle. Yeah. Maybe he's so he's so full of energy of that regeneration um, um, energy. I guess if you want to call it, for lack of a better word. Um, now, now a lot of people will comment it's something the episode does do, which is at times annoyance, but I, I think it can be explained. Is no two Montrezlor. No uh, Doctor's time stream, no great intelligence uh, affecting it, no Clara being heroic, no Clara splinter through time to save the Doctor, no et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, it, it, it seems my answer and feeling is those who were at that point were affected by it. It did exist. Now splintered off is another timeline, mm-hmm. you know, a, a time paradox. Yeah. yeah. So it did happen in its time. Now those events have changed. Mm-hmm. Now those events have changed. You know, otherwise it it, it has no effect. But yeah, you know, that that is Stephen Moffat. He loves to work with it, mm-hmm. and you know, you know, I would say sometimes over much, but um, it, it's uh, part of his reign with the show. It's, I guess it's something he loves. Yes, I was putting text, um, uh, you know, about that regeneration. Um, he actually said he was holding back to say goodbye. So, uh, oh, nice. Well, thank you, Guess Um I Clara's home life. Um, I don't know if exactly that is her stepmother. I don't know if that was referenced. That is her father and a different actor and. I'm, I'm assuming it was they couldn't get the other actor because I was thinking it was an uncle first off. And I know others have said, you know, why was this done? Because he, he seemed very different, uh, not as warm or anything. I, the assumption could be made that's the stepmother. I hope not because I don't think her father would marry a shrew, to be honest. And she she was kind of like just wretchedness. Uh, on the other hand, uh, Hancock as the grandmother was wonderful, and that that was just a great scene, and it it reverberated in, in reference to relationship with the doctor and her caring for the doctor. So I thought that was it was very well handled. Mm-hmm. Um, all in all, um, very good. Uh, not super outstanding, but being that it was the mixed bag and doing everything on the Christmas episode, I, I'd give it uh, four and one quarter TARDIS growth. Oh, a quarter. <laughs> okay, it's been a long time yeah, since we had a quarter. That's a plot for Matt Smith on that. Give him a quarter. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ken. I appreciate that. That's um, good enlightenment there. Thank you, Lou. All right, and uh, take care. Cheers. All right, uh, also, Guest 5 also made another comment earlier that, that, that I was thinking about, too, when, when um, Ken was talking about the crack and Gallifrey um, B-52 
being there on the other side and, and that the doctors really, um, as Guest 5 had said, was their ticket back out of the pocket universe. So it was really to their advantage to give the doctor another set of um, another cycle of regeneration so that he has time to kind of work it out and do it in a way that makes sense and that it's not going to restart the time war again. So I think they, they realize that and, um, you know, and, and that's why they did what they did. It was to their, you know, not just because they wanted to help the doctor, but I think it was also to their advantage as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, any other, any other further guests, uh, that live listeners rather that would like to. Darth, um... Darth, Darth and oh, Steve. okay. I, I didn't see that. All right. Thanks. Only you can be so bold, Darth skeptical. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, sir. How are you? Very good. Very good. Uh, you know, there are a lot of things about this episode that uh, could be said, but I'm going to focus on just a few of them and, and just say generally didn't like it all that much. It took me a long time and a number of different viewings to like it. It's interesting because I've heard that uh, several people have watched it multiple times, and as they watch it multiple times, they like it better, but that, that is not the effect that I'm getting at all. The more I watch it, the more flaws I see, I think. Um, I, I would agree with Ken that it is not a particularly strong Christmas episode. I would go further and say it is perhaps one of the worst regeneration episodes in the series history. Part of the reason for that is largely because there is no actual enemy that the Doctor is engaging with. Uh, mm. I think End of Time, uh, which is... Uh, I, I think a commentary, or the thing that this uh, episode is commenting upon or referencing or bookending, End of Time is far better because it's got the Master very clearly. He is your enemy. There's no doubt about that. And the beautiful thing about End of Time is that enemy ultimately gets redeemed, at least partially. Uh, so there is a, a journey of hope that matches Christmas, right? It, the story of the master in uh, the end of time is actually the Christmas story. Uh, so therefore it becomes not only a great, I think, regeneration episode, but ultimately a great Christmas story too. And the problem here is this is neither. All this is is Stephen Moffat hastily trying to bring an end to an era that perhaps he didn't know was ending as quickly as it did, or perhaps he didn't originally have this idea for how to end the series, and he was feeling some heat, maybe from the fan community, about uh, plot points that had not been resolved. And so I think he actually just sort of wrote down, okay, these are the things that the story must contain, and then built a story around that. Mm -hmm. Rather than doing what he says he does, and I think he does on most occasions, of having a good story and then worrying about how that integrates into the larger continuity as a whole. I think this is a very atypical Stephen Moffat episode, because usually Moffat is quite happy to flout continuity. Here he's entirely a slave to continuity, and as a result, the story doesn't have much of a heart. It doesn't have an enemy. Uh, it is largely about a guy growing old, and yeah. how interesting can that possibly be? I agree, yeah. Uh, I think we found out that it's not particularly engaging or interesting. Mm -hmm. It is just a matter of having this character exist for a while and have scenes cut together 
that answer some questions about things that are so long in the past uh, that it doesn't really matter anymore. I don't, at this point, care who blew up the TARDIS. And the answer is not engaging enough to make me care. Mm -hmm. All right, it's a sect of the silence. Big deal. I mean, that that is literally something that is just said on screen, that is just written down on the paper of the script, and then, boom, there it is. It doesn't have... It's not shown to us. It's not. We're not made to feel anything about it. It doesn't mean anything. It is just... Something that's written down so that you can note it in your head as a fan as being, oh, that's who blew up the TARDIS. Thank you for that point of information. And that, that's really what the script is. It's a series of points of information um, leading to ultimately this regeneration that is a joke. The regeneration is there purely to satisfy fan needs, purely so that Moffat can cave in to these demands that the 13 rule must be explained. I mean, it doesn't have to be. I mean, so what if the Doctor suddenly had a 14th life? Would that really be the end of Doctor Who? If it, if it happened without explanation... Would we, would we really care, or would we as fans merely go back to 1960-whatever, seven, and say, well, the answer is because he can live forever barring accident? Is there something so wrong with the Troughton explanation that we have to be beholden to you know, the deadly assassin. Do we really need it? And I, I think the answer is no. And I think the answer, mm -hmm. too, in chat, you have uh, Jeff saying it would contradict 1996. <laughs> okay, who cares? How many people alive today have actually seen the 1996 telemovie? Not that many, really. I mean, yes, all of us have in, in this room. But in terms of the audience that is actually watching Doctor Who right now, the 1996 movie, especially in America, you know, is um, a forgotten thing, largely, or, or just a footnote in people's minds, if it even exists. It's, a, it's the explanation for who was that guy that we saw in The Night and the Doctor, but it's not something that people hold dear. So to me, that was really unsatisfying, was that this, on the one hand, you have Moffat doing this continuity fest, uh, trying to explain things that have happened in his era. On the other hand, largely the answers were wrong and can't be definitive if you actually go back and you look at the episodes that have comprised this era. You can find all sorts of holes in the explanation that was given. And, the, and the, on, the, on the other hand, that's fine about the doctor getting some continuity stuff, but what about Clara? Clara is completely out of character. Uh, many things are missed about her characterization that could have been used. I mean, uh, uh, the thing is, she is in a unique position to have seen every single incarnation of the Doctor, so it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense that she's upset when the Doctor decides that he's going to regenerate. Yeah, that's I mean, point. why does she care so much? Why is she recycling Rose's lines from Journey's End and saying, oh, no, Doctor, don't change. You're the one that I wanted to be here. 
That doesn't make any sense. She she knows the doctor exists as a multiform being, and and she should be just in love with or enamored of or maybe not even romantically attracted to, although she says she fancies him in this episode. But she should be, uh, you know, emotionally attached to the being, the gestalt being of the doctor, and she should see regeneration as an opportunity for something new. That would be an interesting reaction that we've never been able to see in Doctor Who before. Before, and Moffat blows it because Moffat wants to have Jenna Coleman do what she can do so well, and that is, you know, open her eyes really wide and sell a moment of surprise and shock. But the, it's it's an opportunity missed, much like the entirety of the Matt Smith era. M- every, much about Matt Smith is a missed opportunity. Largely having to do with Amy, but we won't really talk about her here. But the the um, I just think that the episode had so much potential if it had just been about something, if it had been an enemy that he could talk to, an enemy that he could outwit, Mm -hmm. an enemy who in the end was able to defeat him, but he had one more trick up his sleeve. He had the ability to regenerate. Instead, it was old age that he was fighting. yeah, really. And and the thing is, I love that idea. I love the idea, and I want it to happen at some point, although now I think it's been tainted. I love the idea of a doctor that we've you know followed for quite some time, suddenly in his last episode, being older. And there being this massive gap of time that nobody knows what the mm-hmm. hell happened. Because in that massive gap of time, you can have big finished stories, you can have comics, you can have books, you can have lots of stuff. Much in the same way that we have lots of additional material for the David Tennant era because of the 2009 season. But you can't do that now. Not with Matt Smith. Because the only thing Matt Smith has been doing has been existing in this tiny level two colony world Yeah, without, without his charges. Without the ability to travel. Without the ability to adventure. He's just there Stuck. growing old. And it's boring. It doesn't give any thought to what you could then do with other media. Now, fortunately, the Matt Smith area has other pockets. You know, I mean, you've got this massive pocket between season five and season six, right, where that he's grown three, 300 years older in that period of time before Impossible Astronaut. Fine. There's lots of pockets that you could throw things into. But what I would have wanted would have been, if you're going to do this old age thing, have it be, you know, old age totally unexplained period of time, totally, you know, hundreds of years in his timeline after the day of the Doctor, we just start in the TARDIS, he's already got gray hair, he's maybe even already balding, because he, you know, we know behind the scenes that he shaved his head, um, and and go from there, and just not even talk about it, but, but instead you just, it, it is a story about somebody growing old, which is boring, yeah. fundamentally. We don't know how long he was up in the clouds, do we, when, we had, when he had the tires well, parked in the clouds? Well, that's true. I mean, there's another period of time there where you can throw things. I mean, so it's not like the Matt Smith era is devoid of it, but it would have just been interesting for him to have regenerated as an old man and, and for him to have regenerated in the middle of a battle that maybe he couldn't finish because of his extreme age rather than just watching him progress in age on screen. And, and you know, even the battles, the battles are l- largely the, the same kind of battles that we saw in A Good Man Goes to War, but done much worse. 
and done with a, a narrative overlay that's like the one that's in A Good Man Goes to War, but is not as compelling as that one. Uh, you just don't see that much. You know, one of the most fascinating aspects about that battle, especially at the very end, was that all of a sudden he is working with the silence. And what do we get? We get one second of that shot, and it's in shadow. And, you know, you see the silence behind the doctor, and it's all in shadow, and you just see him whip his cane around. And and that would have been maybe more interesting to actually watch, a little bit of that. But we didn't really get that. And, And... you know, there's some praiseworthy things about the episode in technical terms, in terms of the um, uh, I, the sound mix is freaking amazing. It mm-hmm. really is amazing in 5.1 surround. It is, uh, I, I was saying this before today, the, the scene, uh, Peter Capaldi scene is absolutely the best sonic experience I've had on Doctor Who. And I know that a lot of people, especially on Gallifrey Base, are saying, oh, my God, it's so muddied. You can't hear Peter Capaldi at all. The, the music is drowning it out and all this stuff. But when you listen to it in 5.1 surround, oh, my Lord, it feels like you are in the middle of the TARDIS and you're hearing the crash happening around you at the same time that you've got, you know, Clara on the right side and you've got the uh, Peter Capaldi on the left side. It is just a spatially perfect scene, as is the very first scene where you you, you know you hear the the uh, the the fleet of battleships behind you suddenly move in as you're looking at the planet Trenzalore. Uh, so there's there's some great things that are going on technically. There are also some behind the scenes things that make no sense whatsoever, such as the fact that uh, Murray Gold is just wrong. It's terrible, Murray Gold. It's really bad, especially when you compare it to The End of Time, right? The End of Time is one of Murray Gold's masterpieces. It really is. I mean, you know, especially the regeneration scene, the whole Valedicium song that he created, the fact that he, you know, made up the words in Latin, the fact that you've got, you know, the the Crouchin uh, Festival Choir uh, singing it. It's just a really powerful musical moment. and then you, it, it suddenly blasts into this completely different music that's energetic, that's, uh, you know, the score sort of for the 11th Doctor in The End of Time. Great last, you know, what, five minutes of that show? Just as, as a musical undertaking, it is gorgeous, and it's completely memorable. There is nothing like that, nothing, not even close to anything like that in this episode. The music is flat. The music is largely recycled. I mean, even taking stuff back from the 10th Doctor's era, you know, the, the whole idea of Murray Gold is supposed to be that he is, you know, sort of in the John Williams camp of using light motifs and, uh, you know, making sure that music underscores particular moments particularly well. Um, and honestly, I mean, they're just robbing Peter to pay Paul everywhere in this thing. Uh, and, and one of the biggest offenses is what happens at the very end. You have Amy coming down the stairs, which, you know, we can debate the merits of that particular thing. But the fact that she's coming down the stairs and underscored with the music of the Rings of Akatan is unforgivable in my mind. Because Rings of Akatan is absolutely Clara's story. It is you know, the first bit of definition we get on the real Clara, the Clara that, you know, we are actually adventuring with. And it 
it, listen to it again as, as Amy comes down the stairs. It is nothing but Rings of Akatan. And so, therefore, the leitmotif just doesn't, it doesn't work. It feels, you're jarred right out of it. And you're, you know, you're being reminded of a Clara episode, but you're looking at Amy and you're thinking, why is this person here? What the hell is going on? Um, the music is just all over the map. Um, which is sad because the visuals are actually really good in the episode by and large, except for I think that the the, the in-fight scene is just, it's muddy. It doesn't actually create any energy. It's just sort of there on the plate. Uh, that has something to do with the script, too, because you're not emotionally invested in any particular townspeople. You know, they try to make a connection to that Barnable kid, but, you know, he's really only there very briefly. Mm-hmm. And... You know, that's before the doctor gets really old, so he Barnabal couldn't possibly even be around in that fight scene. I mean, really, if you're going to introduce this character, give him a name, you need to have the fight then uh, when he's around so that, you know, you can see him under pressure. You can see him under fire, and you can see the doctor save him, you know, so you've got some sort of identification. But there's nothing like that, man. I mean, there's just nothing... The emotional beats in the in the story just don't work. But, you know, aside from th- those visuals being screwed up, I think that there are some powerful visuals. You know, Jamie Payne can swing a camera around and get get something going, and certainly the cinematography is really good in the episode. But it, it still doesn't, you know, nothing about it really gels. Nothing. You start to feel some emotional connection, or you start to feel some comedy, and it's taken away from you. Why? For you know, I I love the the scenes having to do with the nakedness. I think that's great. I think it's funny. I think it's very poignant. Uh, but uh, it, it's weird that it ne- doesn't get picked up at the end. Why is it that you've introduced this idea of hologram clothes, but then at the very end you don't use it again to show that actually you know what. He's already regenerated, but the twelfth doctor is now displaying the image of the eleventh doctor so that it helps Clara settle in more. But it's already happened, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, th- things are introduced that never get recalled again in the episode, like they should. Um, and and it, it's trying so hard to tie up the entire era that it just doesn't work as a story on its own. I think that's the biggest, biggest problem with it. And it, it, in some, it's really the, is it the worst regeneration episode? It's pretty close to the worst. Well, regeneration there's also the, I mean, um, the time of the Rani. I don't know if you want to <laughs> put it up against that. No, no, I'm, thinking about, I'm thinking about that actually, because the thing is at least time in the Rani has a villain. At least time in the Rani does have a story that's going on that you can sort of invest in and you know it's it's a weird episode of course because it's not there is no such thing as a sixth doctor regeneration episode you know really it, that is the the seventh doctor first episode mm-hmm. um so i don't, I don't know if that counts yeah. but yeah. Uh, certainly it, it, you know this is not better than planet of spiders this is not better than Legopolis, however deeply illogical Legopolis is, at least Legopolis has going for it mood and and, and tension and, and drama and stuff like that. Um, 
And I think, too, you know, you, Lewis, were saying that your favorite line is sort of what is effectively Matt Smith's favorite line. But the thing is, Matt Smith doesn't have – I'm sorry, Matt Smith's in line. Uh, Matt Smith doesn't actually have an end line. He has an end speech that goes on as long as I've been going on. I mean, it goes on for a very yeah, it, long time. It, it, yeah. uh, and it, it is not, it, it's not as simple and pithy as, you know, a tear, Sarah Jane. Where there's life, there's whatever. Uh, you know, it's not. It's not like you know. I don't want to go. It's not like the time you know, has been prepared for. Rose Tyler, you were fantastic, and you know what? So was I. Um, it, it, there's nothing to quote, and you know, a year from now, I think we're all going to be sort of puzzling and scratching our heads and say, well, what was his last line exactly? It was something about smoke and mirror and uh, hope and kumbaya and who knows. Um, yeah, that could have been cut in half. That, that speech could have been cut in half. Absolutely. Um, and it's delivered, I think, in a quite a weird way. I, I don't even think it's great Matt Smith delivery. It's very uh, – it's ethereal. But, of course, you know, he's already regenerated sort of at that point. So it's not really the 11th Doctor anymore. And that might have been what he was trying to do. Who knows? It's just weird. Uh, I, I, I would have much preferred for the last line to have been, you know, him up on the tower doing the explosive energy thing. Well, Whatever. I mean, even though I think that that whole point was stupid, the whole thing of, you know, don't tell me the rules and all that, at least, you know, the last night was, and you know what, it's going to be a doozy. I mean, that was something. It's something you can remember. Um, I don't know. I just I just find it as a regeneration episode quite flat. It is absolutely, with the possible exception of Dr. Widow Wardrobe, the worst Christmas special that's happened yet. Um and I am gratified in a way that it is denied. Yeah, love from Gallifrey voice. That's a great line. Thank you. That is absolutely a much better way to end the 11th Doctor's era because that's what the point of Day of the Doctor is. That's sort of what the point of this is. It is the return of Gallifrey, the triumphant return of Time Lords, somehow, some way into the mix. Uh, and, and that would have been a perfect line for him to go out on. Because um, it's unusual. It's, it's, but what we have instead is this line that is just a reflection of the line that David Tennant gives, right? Because David Tennant is the youngest doctor, that is the least, the youngest lived doctor, um, you know, probably only living for about seven or eight years. He's going out ranting and raving because he hasn't had a chance to actually live. So that makes sense for his doctor. That is a completely reasonable thing to say because his life is being cut short. Whereas this guy has been li- has lived longer than anybody else, and so his sort of thing is, you know, this this thing that, um, well, you know, I'm going to remember all this because I've had a really good life, uh, so don't worry about me. Everything's going to be fine now, and the doctor's coming up. The, the only really good thing that I liked about the whole speech was the reference to Power of the Daleks. The fact that he is talking about another version of the Doctor in the third person, which, you know, Troughton does at the beginning of Power of the Daleks. So it's a great little reference back there, especially because this Doctor is so identified with the second Doctor. To have that little reference at the end was kind of cool. But my God, did it go on forever? So anyway, you know, just. Yeah. Well, I, I, I thought the whole thing about. Christmas episode, definitely not. I was just going to say, I just thought the whole thing about not forgetting one line, not one day, I swear, that that part could have all been axed out. I mean, we didn't need that. I, I just thought um, the, the first half of that speech was poignant. The, the rest was sort of Matt Smith speaking, not the doctor yeah. speaking. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. 
It, it is sort of that. And but I mean, you know, I don't want to go is also David Tennant speaking, surely. Um, but it works so much. It, it works oh, yeah. so much better because not only do you have Valley Deacham and the, you know, you've got Eurus Lynn just swinging that camera all around the 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 console to come right up in his face so that it, you know, here is your moment. Don't even question what is going to happen right now. Um, and in this thing, you instead got what is going to happen, and then all of a sudden you blink and oh, there's Capaldi. You know, it's it's the moment is not prepared for, really. <laughs> I mean, it's just, oh, hello, Capaldi. Um, you know, uh, uh, but uh, so so anyway, it's just really deeply unsatisfying. But on the other hand, it is what this era has been like. You know, for me, the, the 11th Doctor's era is one episode that's brilliant, which is Day of the Doctor, followed by one episode, which is absolute crap, you know, whether that be The Beast Below or whether that be this or, you know, whatever else we might have uh, it, it or uh, Nightmare in <laughs> Silver, whatever. Um, it, and, and so I think in a way it is appropriate to the era. But my God, do I hate the fact that people who have watched this are not going to think this is what Doctor Who is. So nine months from now. Are they going to remember this, or are they not going to remember this? You know, will nine months be enough time to make people forget how bad this episode was, and therefore jump on board with Capaldi, which is what I think will probably happen? Uh, or are they going to say, "Wow, Doctor Who, that's confusing. I, I don't know what the hell happened there. I'm not even going to try because this guy is old, and this guy is still being written by Moffat, and you know, I don't know." Uh, so it's it's the scary episode because it just doesn't. It, it, we're not going out on a high, whereas End of Time, even though I know a lot of classic fans hated End of Time, the thing that you can say about it is it was number one episode, both parts. Uh, especially, I, I think you have to factor in BBC HD or whatever, do some a little bit of funky math, but it basically is number one episode for the week, both of them. Uh, and, you know, you can tell by watching Day of the Doctor in a movie theater with uh, casual fans and as soon as David Tennant says, I don't want to go, you know, the entire female audience loses it. You know, <laughs> I mean, you can tell it was popular, even if you as a viewer might not think it's the best thing ever. It was still a good episode. It was still good for the series. Um, and I'm not entirely sure that this episode is good for the series. You can't, you can't just drop people down in the middle of it and expect for them to know what the hell is going on. Whereas in the time... I, I absolutely think you could show in a time to somebody who doesn't know what Doctor Who is, and they'll be pretty okay with it. They'll be able to figure out who's the goodie, who's the baddie. They'll be able to laugh at the parts that are you know meant to be funny and, and come away from it thinking, you know what, something sort of magical happened there. Um, but I don't know. It's just it's just so disappointing. It really is just so disappointing after the glory that was the Day of the Doctor. Uh, and after what I think has been largely a pretty good season this year, you know, Name of the Doctor was fine. Night of the Doctor was pretty good. Uh, I, I think that most of the Clara stuff has worked really well with me, and I, I think she's been a much better uh, companion for the Doctor. Mm -hmm. um, it's just it's just so disappointing that this is how 2013 ends, but it definitely ends with, uh, you know, a one. Are you going to watch it again, Darth? Or do you think you've <laughs> not right away? Yeah, I, have, I, I have to tell you, I, I have watched it 
around ten times. Wow! I really have tried to understand <laughs> wow. it. I really, I you know, I've watched more it, times I than me. Watched it in the context. <laughs> I just watched. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I've watched it in the context of A Good Man Goes to War and some other episodes, and tried to really see if it made any more emotional sense to me. And it, it's not only that it doesn't make emotional sense; it just doesn't make logical sense. You know, it it nothing about it feels like the grand adventure that should take out a doctor's life. You know, it doesn't have the it doesn't have the spookiness well, yeah, of the doctor. I, I felt the same way. I basically hate once you get to episode four. Yeah, it, it's not it's not a story that has you know this this sort of loner. Um, gravitas, really, of Caves of Anazani, which, again, is not my favorite episode in the world. It's certainly not something that has the, the grand sense of adventure of war games or, you know, the shock of uh, new aliens as you get in Tenth Planet. Um, and, and it is not the love story, the genuine love story that is set against a Dalek background that, you know, ended the Ninth Doctor's life. And it certainly isn't, you know, this battle, this moral battle inside of a guy that the end of time is. You know, the the the, the end of time gets a lot of stick, but it, the one thing that is great about it is David Tennant and and Wilf, and you know, the the argument about what in the world constitutes bravery, what constitutes heroism, what it is that you have to do if you're a good man, what kind of wars do you actually fight to sort of borrow from Moffat and throw it back into RTD land. Um, there's nothing – I mean there is a little bit of that, I suppose, in in this episode because Moffat is saying what makes a good man is, is is ultimately his decision to stay and to help people that he doesn't really know. But the problem with just saying that as opposed to showing us some of those people is, you know, it doesn't mean anything to us as viewers. It's just a line on paper. Okay, this guy stood for 300 years in the town of Christmas and, and tried to protect it. Fine, that makes sense. Uh, but since we don't really get to know any of those people, not even the ones that are named, uh, we don't get a sense of what he's actually fighting for. It's just the line on paper, you know? And, and that, that's, that's not what you want. You know, you want John Pertwee, even though it's a stupid-looking spider, you still want to look on his face and know, wow, he's really scared of this. He really thinks this is going to end him, and he's going to do it anyway, because he's John frickin' Pertwee, you know? Or, you know, y you want to see the Doctor battling the Master again, who he's not seen for a long time, and here he is again, and you were thinking that you were through with the Master six years ago, but really, no, here he comes to kill you, you know? You, you just want to see that kind of thing. Um, and there's I don't. I don't walk away from this thinking anything. I, there's no. What characters are you going to take away from this? Tasha Lim, maybe you might take her away, but largely that's the problem. Largely, it's here is the Doctor and here's Clara, and those are your two actors. That's what you get, you know. And beyond that, the only memorable actors you have or characters are her grandmother and Tasha Lim, and that's it. It's a four-hander. And it's not even really a full forehander. It's mostly just Clara and the doctor talking to each other and Clara observing the doctor growing old. And when she can't take it, Clara talking to the Time Lords and getting a new set of regenerations. 
That's it. That's the story. And it's that's not enough. That's not enough to end a doctor's life. A 300-year-old turkey? Mm-hmm. That is nice. And, uh, you know, a little reference to Warrior's Gate thrown in there. Sure, why, why not? But um, I don't think the time winds are quite enough to save the episode, really. So, Doth, enough of these platitudes. Tell us what you really thought about this episode. I know. I know. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, it's great stuff. I really appreciate your input. Um, it's, uh, the, it's the depth of um, review that you give is, is always a welcome uh, treat, you know, if you aren't talking to Podshock. So I, I thank you for that. Well, thank you, sir. All right. Well, um, once again, thank you, Darth. We're, we're going to um, we're, we're rounding out the show now. So, um, but I, I do appreciate everything you had to say and you, your input, and I agree with a lot of it. You know, I, I felt the same way that uh, as far as um, it was a story about the doctor waiting and growing old, and it just wasn't compelling in that respect. I, I was expecting a little bit uh, something more uh, from this going into it. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, thanks again, uh, Doth. Have a great, happy new year. And um, I hope to, I, well, we probably won't, I don't know if we won't be doing a live review show until probably August, but um, we may be doing other live shows. So hopefully uh, we'll see you back. Cheers. Maybe right. we'll be alive. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Dave, once again, thank you for, I know you had to round out your show and um, that's understandable. That's the Colton Collective. That's Sundays at 2 p.m. Also here on TalkShoe. And um, you can catch that show uh, on um, iTunes or your favorite podcast application. Um, that's the Coltum. That's C-U-L-T-D-O-M when I say Coltum Collective. Cheers. All right. Well, um, until then, uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us on our live show. It was a treat to be back doing our first live show since her, since uh, Superstorm Sandy. Uh, it's So it's been a while. It's, I, you know, since uh, that was October 2012, we didn't have it. And the last live show review show that we did probably was the spring of the 2012 series. So that probably was May. So it's probably a good year and a half since we did a live show. So. Apologies if we're a little rusty in certain areas in that respect. But um, I'm thankful that uh, we got the show off and without and to you know without any technical difficulties, which I was worried about. So, but um, until then, everyone, um, until well, we may be back for. Oh, do we have um, one? More, we have okay. I think Ken has one more thing. No, that's that's the seventh doctor. Hold on. We're, okay, we're we're about to close out, but we'll. We'll extend it a little bit further for one more last feedback here. Hey, Jeff. Jeff, did you have... Uh, Hi, fe- Lewis. I'm I sorry. I, I didn't you, see you in the uh, queue before, and then I was just closing out the show, and then I just saw you in the queue. Yeah, I, I kind of got in there at the last second. Uh, I'll be really quick. Um, I've seen this episode twice now, and I enjoyed it far more the second time. But um, I was on the Coltum Collective earlier today, mm-hmm. and about halfway through the show or so, um, I had a thought about this episode that I didn't have before, and it's been bugging me ever since. I didn't say anything on the Colton Collective about it, but um, how do we know that the Daleks have ended their um, assault on the planet? The, the, the doctor wiped out the ship that was in the atmosphere, but they were bringing in reinforcements all the time. Why would that stop now? Well, especially since they've been there hundreds of years. Well, well, well. Also, I would imagine any ships going there, they suddenly 
find that their finest fleet has just been wiped out in one, one second flat, they might decide to, uh, you know, uh, go go away and build up their resources again. Uh, rather, I mean, they're not going to go. They're, they're not on revenge, are they? I mean, they are cold and calculating. So uh, they 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 wouldn't think like the Santarans might. Well, let's throw another five million. You know, clones into it. it doesn't really matter. I would have thought they may no. think, right? Well, we obviously didn't. You know, we put a hundred ships around that planet, and the and the single doctor wiped them out. So we need to go and build a thousand ships now. Um, also, um, guest right. five. Chim- exactly. Guest five also chimed in in our chat, saying that the signal stopped. You know, as far as that, that was that was the thing that was drawing the the ships in there in the first place. So m- maybe they felt that. Um, you know, there, there was nothing there left for them to to do. Did, did the signal actually stop? I don't remember that uh, well, in dialogue or the, the the crack closed. I so I'm assuming the the signal had stopped. The crack closed and opened up in space, didn't it? It opened up. It, it, okay, it closed and then, then the... it and then it closed again. Yeah. Okay. But that was in I, space, not on the planet. Yeah. But but they know that that. The crack is there, so yeah. Well, as Darth says, the the Time Lords now got their answer because of Clara speaking to them, and they gave their response. So mm-hmm. I, I'm sure that something will. I mean, obviously, uh, didn't we hear on the last story um, the Doctor? You know that parade of his his earlier selves uh, when he says, uh, "I know where I'm going now, the long way round." So presumably. This might come again full circle at the end of Series 8. Not this story, but, you know, the the next um, bringing of the Gallifrey back into our universe. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing we may not have seen the last of Gallifrey. I don't, I don't know if it'll be the end of Series 8 or, or whatever, but we may... I'm, I'm sure we'll probably see them again in, in some sense, I'm imagining. Yeah. Uh, the, the other thing that bothered me was um, not, not so, the, so much the appearance of Amy at the end but that's the only companion that we saw that Rory uh, wasn't there see Rory. Mm-hmm. and more importantly the woman that he married River Song we should have seen River you could argue that if, if we're going to see anything from his past yeah so yeah if, if any of those three should have been there I thought it should have been River I, I guess she like, is more important to the doctor than Amy, I, I believe. Yeah, but I, I guess they were just, you know, obviously going with the the main companion that he had originally. You know, I, I, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't think either was necessary. I mean, it didn't bother me that they were there, but I, I, I mean, I didn't think they were really necessary to be there at all. But, I'm just saying, if you're going to pick one, I thought it should have been River or have all three. But they sort of um, what was it was it um, was it the name of the doctor where we last saw her and they and he sort of made it sound that it was final that the you know that he'll never be able to see her again that um, well the kiss goodbye uh, yeah kiss goodbye yeah yeah you know I never got that impression from that story so um, I, I think it's possible she could be back and I, I think there have been whispers about her coming back possibly. We'll see. Well, you know what they say, never say never. <laughs> I think that's 
Yeah, I think it's probably a whole new conversation that Lewis might not want to get into now. Well, we, right. we can right. entertain and it in, in another. Yeah, no, no, that. it's certainly um, it's certainly good um, fodder for for future shows, though. So, um, but, um, how would you rate this? How I would just, how would you I rate the story? Uh, on the first viewing, I was around a three, three and a half. Uh, but now, uh, after the second viewing, I liked it a lot more than I did, and I'm up around four and a quarter. Okay, four and a quarter. Oh, we got two four and a quarters now. <laughs> and are you going to watch it again, Jeff? Do you think now you've heard that Darth watched it ten times, you feel as though there's more, to, there's more to get out of it? I probably won't watch it ten times in the next week or anything like that, but uh, yeah, I'll probably watch it again sometime soon. Yes. And and my my rating might go up or down. I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, I've heard a lot of negative reviews today or or muddling reviews, so that might affect my rating. I'm not sure. Well, time will tell. As it always does. Yeah. Well, thank you again. Um, thank you again, Jeff. And um, well, thank. You. Hopefully we'll be back. Um, you Thank know, you, if, if not doing a uh, a review show, we might be back again with uh, with live shows. So I hope to um, have you as well as our other live callers we had earlier today. You know, back again. Cheers. Cheers. Take care. Cheers. Well, uh, I think this is going to be our last Mike's show. Put a rating of uh, zero out of five. Who's that? Oh, uh, Ran- um, Mike Randall Thor. Mike. Zero out of five is put. Okay, that's in chat. Like Just to cue in people that are listening later, that we have when we do these live shows, there's a live chat that goes on as well. So sometimes we refer to those uh, that are part of the show but not connected, you know, not calling in, but are part of the chat. So uh, when we do these live shows, we do have a live chat that goes on simultaneously. All right, well, I was about to say this is our last show of 2013, so uh, we'll all see you again next year in uh, 2014, which is next week. So um, until then, uh, once again, thank you, Dave, and thanks to all our callers and listeners. And um, and I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but I do want to thank all those listeners that have continued listening on to the show despite the the hiatus that we had because of the storm and um, and the, the recovery that took place um, afterwards, so um, I, that doesn't go unnoticed, and uh, um, I do appreciate the the strong following. So until um, our next show, have a happy new year, and um, keep on celebrating, Doctor. I was watching the th- the three doctors earlier today. You know the the 1973 anniversary show. So um, I, I think the the celebrations of the 50th anniversary um, should continue until the 51st anniversary. So at least that's how I'm looking at it. I'm still celebrating and um, it's, it's really interesting. There's so much Dr. Who material out there, wealth to enjoy. So um, if you didn't like um, the time of the doctor, don't, you know, don't distress. There's plenty other material out there. And if you're just familiar with the, you know, the more recent episodes that there's a, so much more for you to explore, don't hesitate and, um, you know, and, and, you know, go back and explore those, um, other, um, adventures of the doctor going back to 1963, you know, and onwards. Any other further comments, Dave? No, just uh, guess five. Uh, as said, uh, I'll give it five. Oh, that wasn't a Birmingham accent, was it? But I'll give it four Eve. <laughs> oh, I got it. Okay, I can see that. Four Eve, yes. <laughs> All 
All right. So again, everyone. Probably should... a Bronx accent. I should have written in a Bronx accent, not a Birmingham one. Oh, I don't know. It's it's good stuff, nonetheless. All right. Well, once cheers. again, cheers, everyone. You have been listening to Doctor Who Podshock, presented to you by the fan-run GallifernMC.org. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Doctor Who Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Doctor Who Podshock theme music by Jeff Smith at thejeffsmith.com. This has been a production of Art Trap Productions and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This podcast is also supported by the Podchuck Podcast Companion app now in the iTunes App Store. Visit arttrap.com for more information on this and other podcasts. We all change when you think about it. We are all different all through our lives and that's okay that's good you've got to keep moving so long as you remember all the people that you used to be i will not forget one line of this not one day i swear i will always remember when the doctor was me